John chapter number one, John chapter number one, and aren't you glad you're saved? And uh, the amazing thing about salvation, there's a lot of amazing things about salvation. Uh, one is it's, we're so undeserving of it, uh, but we all got saved the same way uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, and we certainly rejoice in that this morning. We're going to be in John chapter number one. We'll read a few verses in just a moment. Uh, I, I began a little mini-series, uh, a little six-message six series on John the Baptist. And uh, the first uh, message was John, a man sent from God. Uh, then I preached uh, the record of John. And this morning we will preach another message from the life of John the Baptist. And if the Lord uh, doesn't change my mind or change his mind, we'll do uh, the following three to come in the weeks ahead. Uh, but much to learn from his life. And let's just continue to be faithful. Rejoice in the goodness of God. Uh, rejoice in how he's blessing uh, your home, your life, and the things of God, and exciting days ahead for our church. John chapter number 1, verse number 6, the Bible says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. <clears throat> the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I want to draw your attention to verse number 7. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. We know that John was a man sent from God. Uh, we, we took time before, we'll not take time this morning, to go to Luke chapter number 1 and, and take you through when uh, the, the uh, angel of God came to uh, tell his mother that uh, he would be born, he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, he's that forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to know the, notice the first phrase of verse 7, the same came for a witness. This morning I want to speak on the witness of John, the witness of John. Father, I pray uh, that in the time we have remaining, Father, may uh, the Holy Spirit of God have liberty this morning. By how our souls have been stirred by the music already, uh, by the fellowship, uh, by, by just being with our brothers and sisters. And Father, I pray this morning that the preaching of the Word of God will stir our souls to, even, uh, to do even greater things for you. Father, I pray that there's one here unsaved, that if they were to die this very instant, uh, they'd be unprepared. They would spend a, eternity paying for their sins in that horrible place called hell. I pray that throughout the message they'll... Uh, be convicted of the Holy Spirit of God. May the Word of God uh, ring true in their life. May they realize their need of a Savior, and that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, for the Christian who's discouraged this morning, may have uh, lost their joy, lost their shout, if you will. May they realize that uh, having Jesus and uh, knowing that we're saved is enough to uh, give us hope, give us joy, uh, give us the peace of this life. May your will be done this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We talk about the witness of John. The text tells us the same came for a witness. A witness is needed in a time of darkness or ignorance. A witness is brought in to uh, bring some more information to a situation where there is a void of information. Uh, a, a, you take the example of a courtroom, which uh, immediately comes to mind. A, a witness sheds light or fills in the blank of uh, information 
that is unknown. It is not about the witness. The witness is there just to fill a void. The witness is just there to, in a, in a dark period of information, in, a, in an ignorant period of information, give the information to shed light on the situation. Uh, the witness is not about the witness. The witness is just giving information that applies to the parties involved. Uh, you take a book. I, as you know, I enjoy reading, especially history. And uh, throughout the uh, Christmas holidays, I've, I've I've been able to read a little bit more because of my schedule. And I've been through a few history books during the uh, holidays, and some amazing things that I think apply to this situation. I read uh, a book and what it what uh, information on things that I did not know a lot about. And so I allowed somebody to be a witness to me. I read one on the Vietnam conflict or war, uh, however you want to word it. And I was not there. Our brother Chitty, who's going to preach for us tonight, is a highly decorated war hero who fought in the Vietnam War. Now, he was there. He can tell you all about it. I was not there. So I read a book about the Vietnam War. Now, the amazing thing. The whole time I'm reading this book, not one time did I think about the author of the book. I I thought about the information that was being given to me in the book. I I also uh, read a book on the Revolutionary War period, the founding of our nation. I was not there. Now, Dr. Farber was a highly decorated, uh, well, uh, anyway, you you could ask him about that later, but uh, that's a period of information. I didn't live. I didn't witness, uh, but I was depending on the author to give me information about that subject. An amazing thing about this book as well, not one time did I think about the author. Not one time did did I even think of his name. Not one time did I even research the authors of these books. Why? Because they were going to bear witness to me of information that I needed. They were going to bear witness. They were going to color in, if you will, uh, the darkness of that period of history that I wanted to learn about. You think of our solar system. Even our solar system bears witness. You think of the moon. The moon appears in the darkness. Did you know the moon bears witness? The moon would say to you and I, I am not the light. But the moon would say, the true light is the sun. Just in the darkness, I am reminding you, there is a true light. In the dark hours, in the dark period, I appear to reflect the true light. I appear to remind you that there is the sun. There is a true light. See, when you are out at night, and your eyes look up to the, to the moon, uh, if the moon could speak, it would say, uh, you, you, you like the, the, the way the moon glows, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm just bearing witness of the sun. If you think I'm pretty to look at, if you think I'm reflecting a lot of, of light, and if you've been in the middle of the woods camping, well, you depend on that moonlight to get you around in the middle of the night. Oh, but the moon would say, if you think this illuminates your path, you ought to see the sun. You haven't seen anything yet, because in a few hours on the horizon, the sun will appear. The dark of night 
will give way to the light of day. The midnight hour will give way to the breaking of dawn. When the sun appears, you'll forget all about the moon. When's the last time the, the moon has, uh, the sun has been in that high place at noon that you've, thought, uh, that, that you've thought about the moon? Oh, when that sun comes up, you don't think about the moon anymore. But in those dark times, you see that witness saying, the sun is coming up in the morning. It's not about the moon. It's about the sun. But the sun bears witness that there is a light. The, the moon gives no light of its own. It just reflects the light of the sun. And aren't you glad in the dark hours of your life, there's a witness that will say the sun is coming up in the morning. Well, think about it with me, Christian. We're reminded in our text there's been a period of darkness for approximately 400 years between the Old Testament and the Gospels. There's been no light. It's just been darkness. But now, from the wilderness comes a man sent by God whose name is John. Out of the wilderness into the darkness comes the one that says... Prepare ye the way of the Lord. What was John saying? I know it's been dark, but God sent me here to tell you the light is on its way. It's been a dark period of history. And it's been a dark period of time. And for, uh, for several hundred years, we've just had to hold on to the hope that the Messiah is going to come. That the prophesied one is going to appear. I'm here to tell you God sent me to save the light is coming. The light is on his way. And friend, can you imagine what the scene must have been like when John came forth and said, Behold, the light is coming forth. Now, much stir was made about John the Baptist. We know, we touched on it last week, many came to him and said, Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Come back. Who are you? And oh, John just says, I'm just a voice. John says, oh, you're, you're making too much about me. We see in verse number uh, 29, uh, 27 and 20, down to verse 29, uh, thir verse 30, 30 rise, there's one that comes after who's preferred. In verse 29, he says, when he saw Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God. John was just the one that was bearing witness of the one that was to come. He was the one who said, there's a greater one coming. You better make ready for the Son of God. Could you imagine how dark this world would be without the light of the Lord Jesus? Can you imagine how dark your life would be? Without, it is sad to me for those to go through life not knowing the Son of God is their personal Savior. How dark, how hopeless. But friend, as John did, John bore witness that the light is coming. There comes one who is the true light. Boy, as we think of the fact that there's one that bears witness. Let me remind you that the witness fades into the background once the light has appeared. 
See, it centers around, we find much in the beginning of the chapter about our, our Lord, but then uh, John the Baptist is, is much is about him until we get to that verse in verse 29 when he says, Behold the Lamb of God. When the focus was on the one who bore witness, the focus was on the one who reflected the light, if you will, until the light appeared, then there was no attention to John anymore because the light had come forth. Now this morning with these thoughts in mind, the thought of the fact, the witness of John, how he was just a witness of that which would come. I just want to ask you two simple questions this morning. And if we get done quickly, then we'll just go home with two questions. But I got a feeling I can stretch two questions out long enough for us to feel like we got our money's worth today. But the first question is this. Do you know the light? Verse 29, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John sent by God to say, the light is coming. It has been dark. The Messiah is here. The Son of God is coming. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. This morning I want to ask you, do you know the light? I'm not talking about some uh, mythical being. I'm not talking about some uh, historical figure. I'm talking about the Son of God. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the one who is 100% God, 100% flesh, who left His throne in heaven to come to this earth and live a sinless life so that He could be that Lamb of God. He could be that sin sacrifice. He could go to the cross of Calvary and bear the sins of all men. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? If you know Him, you know you know Him. Because there's never been an encounter like the encounter you had with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God puts you under conviction. And you knew you were a sinner. And you knew because of your sins you deserve punishment. And that punishment is hell. But you heard the greatest news you've ever heard in the world. The one that John was bearing witness of. That he went to the cro- Jesus went to the cross of Calvary paid your sin debt, gave up his life, and three days later, he came forth victorious from that grave, and when he did, he had in his hand the keys to death and hell. And no longer would man have to fear death because eternal life could be gained through the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer could we be held captive by our sin because Jesus has covered it all with his blood. Friend, do you know the light? I didn't ask you this morning if you could tell me about the Baptist church. I didn't ask you this morning if you could quote the 66 books of the Bible. I didn't ask you this morning if you could tell me what John 3.16 says. I didn't ask you this morning if you have heard of Jesus. I asked you, do you know the light? Has there been a time when you have trusted Christ as your Savior? Has there been a time when you were confronted with your sin condition 
when you were confronted with your inadequacy to approach the Heavenly Father? Has there been a time when you were confronted with the fact that if you met God today, you could not enter into His presence? Have you been confronted with the fact that if you died in your sins today, you would spend an eternity in a place God never intended for any living living person to to, uh, spend eternity in that horrible place called hell? Do you know Him? Do you remember the time when you trusted Christ as your personal Savior? If you can't remember the time, you may have your answer. See, it's wonderful that John bore witness of the light. But what good is it if you never pay attention to the light? What good is it if you never receive the light? This morning, I want, you, I want to ask the question, do you know the light? John said that you, to prepare the way of the Lord. We're going to see in, in, in next week's message, the message of John is to repent. Deal with your sin. Say, Pastor, no, I could deal with my sin. I'm going to stop doing something. I think that's wonderful. But what are you going to do about the things you've already done? And I would dare say, most of us can't stop doing what we've been doing anyway. Do you, have you made way? Have you realized that you're a sinner? Do you know the light personally? I want you to think about that question this morning, but I also want to ask question number two. Does your life bear witness of the light? Now, your life cannot bear witness of the light if you do not know the light. You can be moral, but you cannot have the light of Christ in you without knowing Jesus personally. It takes a personal relationship with Him. You can live the best life now. Uh, You can do uh, all of these things. I don't do what everybody else does. And I think we ought to live as good and a moral, as clean life as we can. But living a moral, clean life has never saved one person. It's only through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that you can be saved. I'm going to ask you question number two. Does your life bear witness of the light? In order to do that, first of all, you have to be saved. But let me ask you, do they, does your life bear witness as John's bore witness? John came forth as a reflection of the true light. John came forth with a message, be looking for the light. John so much resembled the Lord Jesus that the Pharisees, the religious, sent messengers and said, Are you him? He so much resembled the light, he was not the light. Scripture makes that very abundantly clear. John tells him, I'm not the light. There's one coming, I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. But the light of Christ could be seen so much in him that people knew there was something different. 
People knew that he was different. What was the difference? Others saw the light of Christ in his life. They saw a reflection of the Savior. Now let me ask you the question again. Does your life bear witness of the light? Can people see Christ in you? I know what somebody's probably thinking. Well, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. And that's true. But let's put that scripture in context. The fact that man can't see your heart means there ought to be something about you that they can see Christ in you. There ought to be the light of Christ that shines in this dark world. That is the plan of God as men come to repentance and, 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 and accept salvation paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. The light in them shines so that in this dark world, those that are still in darkness can see those that have the light and say, there's something different. I want the light in my life. I want, I want to have a change in my life. Let me ask you again this morning, do others see the light of Christ in you? It's a sad thing when Christians come to church on Sunday and they spend a couple of days rubbing the light off of them so they fit into a dark world. It's a sad day when churches, which ought to be shining the light of God, which ought to be pointing to the light, want to darken everything so that it looks more like the world on the inside than it does the light. That is a sad thing, friend. We're supposed to bear witness of the light. Does your life bear witness of the light? People see a changed person in you. If you've been saved recently, how many times has somebody stopped you? I guarantee it's happened. I guarantee it's happened. There's something different about you. You didn't get a new hairdo. You didn't lose weight. What is it? It's the light of Christ. Can others see a changed life? Friend, this Bible still teaches, it still teaches that there ought to be something different about the Christian. There ought to be something different about the child of God. There ought to be something different about the one who came to that realization that I am lost in my sin. I have no hope, but there's a Savior who would save me. And in that moment of salvation, our eternity changes from hell to heaven. We become quickened. Our spirit is made alive. The light of Christ has made a difference in us. Friend, there ought to be that, that's such a magnificent thing that the English language can't even really describe what takes place in that moment, in that miracle of salvation. But there ought to be a change that people say there's something different about them. There's, the, there's a light in them that was not there before. There's something different about that individual. Do others see the light of Christ in you? Or are you living in darkness? What I mean by that is not that you lose your salvation, but you're hiding your, you're hiding your candle. Does your life bear witness of Him? Uh, let me just mention a few things and we'll be done. Do you see a changed life? Christian, do people hear speech with grace? Are we just as harsh as this lost and cruel world? 
think about it this morning. Very simple, but very personal, very Christianity now where we, we need to live. Do you realize that if you're saved, that you ought to have the grace of God about you? That would be something about the way we talk, the way we interact with people. I just believe we ought to go the extra mile. When's the last time you went the extra mile? Usually we say that because we think somebody else should go the extra mile with us. But is, but, but is your speech, is it speech with grace? Let me ask you this. Do people see the light of Christ in you by your forgiveness to others? We are too quick, too quick, to hold a grudge. We're too quick to harbor bitterness. We're too quick to point the finger and blame. You say, well, pastor, now, now, now you're really meddling. You don't know what, what that person did to me. Oh, I don't have to know what they did to you. I'm just asking, can people see the light of Christ in you? And if I'm going to have the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, I've got to have a forgiveness that at least gets in the neighborhood of being nailed to a cross and paying for the sins of all mankind, having never forgiven a sin, and then, and then uttering those famous words to, to his father, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Uh, do people see the light in you by your forgiveness? How about your bitter spirit? What kind of light is that giving off? But well, we are to bear witness of the light, to bear witness of the Son of God. Do people see the light of Christ in you by your holiness? We have a command of God be ye holy, for I am holy. I, I think, how many of you think a, a, a pastor ought to be a little bit different? Well, not just up here, but. I mean, would you want a pastor who's living like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world? Who just said, I'm just, I, 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 I'm saved, no, no matter what I do can change that, so I'm just going to live like the world. Don't you think you ought to have a pastor with some holiness? I'm glad three of you do. I don't have a very high standard to live up to. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I think you ought to have a pastor that lives a holy life. I think you ought to have a pastor who understands that there's a responsibility of reflecting the light of Christ. Because see, I can get up here and I can tell you that you ought to be right. I can tell you what you ought to do. But if I'm not living it, if I'm living it in a contrary way, you're going to look at me and say, what a hypocrite. Uh, well, why would I want to do it? He's not even doing it. You, you, I believe that if you're going to accept this office of a pastor and accept the call of a preacher, it is one of a holy life. But why is it we don't think a pastor living a whole, trying to live a holy life ought to have a people who try and live a holy life? God's church is to be holy, unspotted from this world. That doesn't mean we're perfect people. We will never achieve perfection until we get into the presence of our Savior and we are given a, a perfect body. and we, we will, No sin will be there, but we ought to be doing our best to say, I want to live a holy life so I can be more like my Savior so that others can see Him in me. How about a holy life? When you go to work this week, do they see Christ in you or do they see the same thing they see everywhere else? You know, we, 
We, we don't look at this as it is. You realize that when you send a, a kind word to somebody, you think Jesus would use kind words or unkind words? It'd be kind. I wish I could be more like my Savior. I can't turn five loaves and two fishes and feed, feed, feed 5,000 people. No, but you can speak with kindness and grace like Jesus did. That shows the light. You can be quick to forgive. You, you can be quick to live a holy life and praise God. Do you realize that somebody you work with, a neighbor you have, a family member, they're going to face a tragedy at some point, and they're not going to know how to deal with it. And they're going to look around and say, how in the world do I deal with this? And what do you know what they're looking for? They don't even know it. They're looking for light. And that's when we have an opportunity to make a difference in their life. Does, let's not forget the question. Does your life bear witness of the light? Is your goal, is your mission, as you have determined it, to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Instead of having this idea of what is going to make me fit in with this world better, because, friend, this, this world is getting more wicked and more wicked and more wicked. If you're going to fit in with this world, there's only one way to do it, and that's to live a vile life. So they're saying, what is going to help me fit in with this world? Why don't we start every day with, oh, I want people to see the light of Christ in me. I want others to see Christ in me very quickly, and we'll conclude. Uh, John was a faithful witness do you realize that every time you get up and you go to church on Sunday, everybody who lives around you, they see you go to church on Sunday? They, they, that's, a, that's a faithful witness. Let us be a faithful witness. He was a zealous witness. He was consumed with it. You know what we, we need? We live in a day when we hear all, 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 all the talk about the, the, the fanatical Muslim jihadist. Anybody been paying attention in the last 15, 20 years? Oh, and they're, they're radicals, and, and I'll just insert this in. There's not radical Islam in Islam. Islam's radical. That's just what it is. No, and oh, they're so radical, and they do this and this and this. It would be good if there were some Christians who were zealous in showing people the light of Christ. It, see, uh, that following Christ is different than following Allah and following Muhammad. One, uh, they're false gods. Let me just throw that in there. But see, if you follow Christ, uh, somebody will smite you on the cheek and you'll turn the other one and say, I want you to see what Christ has done in my life. It, it's not about killing those who disagree with us. It's about with a, shedding a tear, letting it run down your face because those need, people need Christ. That's what Jesus would do. Do you know the light? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? You might be here this morning and you might say, Pastor, I've just, I've just been in some darkness. I've just been in a period of darkness. Well, the greatest way to get out of that, the only way to get out of that is to meet the light. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, before we go to the invitation, just one more time, echo the, the words of John the Baptist. 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord. You better prepare your soul to meet God. You better be prepared to meet Him. You won't stand with a family member. You won't stand with a friend. You will stand by yourself before a holy, omnipotent God. You better know that you're saved. You better have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then our second question this morning, do others see the light in your life? See, if we would make that our standard, it would transform us. But it would allow us to have our greatest ministry in this lifetime. It's for others to see Christ in us. For others to have an encounter with us. And there's something different about that individual. Let them see the light of Christ. Our heads are back.